Good day, King City Church. I can't say good morning, good afternoon, or good evening because it depends on what time you're going to be watching this. But this is our first ever recording of our Sunday messages because of obvious reasons. And so I trust that you will help us during this time to um, not just watch these things, but to stay connected to Jesus. And our hearts as, as elders towards you is not to try to give you a perfect recording every week. Our hearts towards you is that you will stay close to God during this very trying time and that whatever we would try to do in terms of video recordings like this are just there to enhance and support you in what you have already decided to do and that is to follow God and pursue Him with all your heart. So this is not trying to um, disciple you per se, this is an opportunity for us to encourage you we would like for you to make sure that your own walk with Jesus is not dependent upon these recordings as much as it cannot be dependent upon Sunday gatherings. It is dependent upon your faithfulness to God and, and your um, commitment to follow Him. So we trust that this will def definitely help you in that. But please don't become dependent upon it because we're just human beings, but we'd love to support you in it. Before I carry on and just sharing with you what we would like to do for this week, can we just pray? Father, we do want to thank you that this is um, an extraordinary moment for us as your people in a strange, strange world that we're living in, Lord God, with all sorts of weird and, and, and things that we've never experienced before. But we want to hold on to the one that we know. And as Jeremiah said so clearly, Lord God, we cannot boast in, in our knowledge, in our wisdom, in our riches. We want to boast in him, our God, the one that we know the one who will sustain us and walk with us. So we trust, Lord, that you will help us as a, as a people and as a church and, and as a church across the, 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 the world, Lord God, that we will remain faithful to our King, the, um, the anchor of our souls, the Alpha, the Omega. And we pray, Lord, that in this time that we are together through just sharing from the Word, that you will continue to stir us and uh, move us closer to you and the purposes you have for us in the city and this nation and in this world. We trust you for everybody listening and watching this, Lord God, that they will be encouraged to continue in their walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So welcome to all of you watching, whether you are from Bulawayo or from wherever in the world, and particularly for our, for our friends also from Victoria Falls, we want to say welcome to you. It's a great pleasure to be able to address you all in this way. title of my message this day is simply just called visiting hours cancelled. I'm going to elaborate on that and share it more with you and in detail, but I'd love for you to go to a well-known psalm, and maybe a psalm that many of you have um, been holding on, and perhaps during this time it's been shared with many, um, but it's Psalm 91, and I'm going to share with you some thoughts from there in our time together, and I trust that it will encourage you. So um, please turn here with me. We as a church are and have been in a, in a series, in a season where we've been looking at the topic called Live the Way. And what we try to express through that is to say Jesus lived a certain way when he was around on earth. He modeled something. And it is our hearts and, and our longing to follow in his footsteps. He simply said, come and follow me. And so what we're trying to establish through this series is to see how Jesus lived. And for us to follow in his footsteps and, and therefore live the way. And, and one of the things that we felt is very important in terms of living the way is to be with him. He called his disciples aside to walk with him, to be with him, 
to live with Him, to just enjoy His company. And we feel that it's one of the keys for us as believers is to be able to come aside and be with Jesus. And so I'm going to use that lens this afternoon as we look at this Psalm 91 to see in which ways we can be encouraged to be with Him, therefore live the way. So come with me and let's establish that and, and discover some things. So let me just first read some, some interesting promises that we find in this, this psalm that so often is quoted. And I'm going to just read to you from verses 3 onward and, and mention a few of these, these blessings, these amazing promises that are locked up in this portion. And they are things like, He will deliver us, it says in verse 3. It carries on in that um, he will deliver us from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. How appropriate is that <laughs> in terms of the time we're in? It says in verse 4, he will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. Listen to these promises. It says his faithfulness is a shield and buckler. In verse 5 it says you will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness. And I may say that is very appropriate for us, that there is a pestilence, there is a plague that in a sense is stalking us in darkness. We don't know where it is. We don't know how we can avoid it. There are particular ways, but in, in, in essence, we are stalked by it. It says, nor the destruction that wastes at night, we will be protected from that. Promises from God, and, and it carries on throughout this beautiful psalm, how God will protect his people. And I do think that we have been able to quote that and refer to it many times. And we should, because it's appropriate. These are promises that God gives us. And he would like for us to live under the cover of these things. But <laughs> before we can get to verse 3, to verse 16... We've got to read verse 1 and 2. Can't just jump into the promises and the blessings. We've got to just look at what God says will work and what needs to work for us to be able to experience these things. And so may I read to you then verse 1 to 2. It says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, so the psalmist says this, that he himself is making a declaration that he would like to do certain things. And that it's his focus to, for instance, and he uses words like dwell. He wants to abide. And out of that comes a certain proclamation. And so I want to say to you this afternoon that as we consider this simple word, dwell and abide, these two words, they have a clear reference and a, an application of a, to a place of remaining and not a place of visiting. They speak about somebody that comes in to remain. It's not just somebody that comes in to pop in and pop out again. It talks about a place of habitation and not simply of a place of visitation. 
And so when you, when you compare these two words, visitation is against habitation, I want to just highlight some things to you, may I? Uh, visitation would speak of somebody who does an official visit. Uh, they, they come around to do an inspection, perhaps. They do a survey. They come around to survey what's happening at home, perhaps. They do a review. They do an examination of the place that they, so to speak, pop into. A visitation is only an appearance somewhere of a person. It's someone who emerges at a particular locality. That's a visitation. <laughs> Habitation, on the other hand, is completely different. And that's where the word dwell comes in. Because the psalmist says, I don't want to just visit. I want to dwell. I want to call this my place of habitation. And so if we elaborate on that word, it means that we occupy. We make something a place of residence. It becomes our house. It is our dwelling. We become inhabitants of a certain place. We're not just visitors. It speaks of a place of residence where people want to be. It is definitely much more permanent than the temporary reflection of what visitation could mean. And hence... The psalmist is clearly talking about place that we need to live from and not a place that we ought to only visit. It makes you think of what Jesus is spoken of in, in the book of John. Chapter 1 verse 14, it says the following, And the word, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. He made earth his habitation. And we have seen his glory his glory as of the Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Because He came to be amongst us, not just visit us, but to come and put up His residence here on earth. We have been able to see Him. And some of you may say, well, Jesus actually just popped in, you know, because He lived here for like 33 years and then He went back. But may I just add that Jesus said, before He left, that I will not leave you as orphans. I've come for good. So maybe I will go back to heaven, but I'll send you someone who will be with you all the time. Even more so, a reflection of what habitation really means. So Jesus has come to be here on earth, to do what he did, and then as he left, he gave us Holy Spirit as our friend, as our constant companion, habitation. Therefore, when the psalmist uses these words, he's actually saying to us, don't just rush in to meet with God and rush out and carry on with your life. He says, stay. Stay with Him. Make it the place where you want to live from, not just a place of visitation. And that's why the title of the message simply is Visiting Hours Cancelled. As much as we see that quite relevant at the moment, that in many hospitals people are saying visiting hours have been cut. We can't just go in and out like we perhaps used to be and there are less hours which you can visit patients in hospital. Actually through the psalm here we find that we are not called to visit God when we are in a time of need and rush in to see Him and then carry on rushing ahead. We need to understand that if we want to live the way, the way that Jesus has taught us, we need to be in constant companionship and 
a relationship with our King through Holy Spirit. And particularly at this time, it is so crucial that we see the value of this. If we continue to just dwell on this word dwell, um, it means that in this context here, it says he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. This shelter where we want to go dwell, where we want to go and make our home, is a place of hiding. In a sense, some translations actually talks about a place of secrecy, where you go aside to be alone with him. And I think that it's absolutely a key for us. That not only do we want to go and be with him, but we want to be alone with him. Because he wants to speak to us. We cannot just go alone to be with Facebook, or the internet, or with Twitter, or with all these things that we're getting nowadays through, through um, WhatsApp. We've got to be alone with him, because there is a place of hiding the place of dwelling is also a person who brings comfort and protection because it says here in verse 1b, it says, we will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. That shadow speaks of protection. Just as much as we find ourselves in this, in this grueling sun often and we want to find shadow and a shade, we, we run to such a place because it does provide that protection. How much more does God want to be there to us? But not just go and run there, find some shelter, and then run away again. He wants us to abide there. He wants us to stay there. Dwelling in such a place or a person determines our perspective and state of mind. Could I just show you how that dwelling place, in fact, changes the way we speak even. We find the psalmist says this in verse 2. Out of this place of dwelling and abiding, he says, I will say to the Lord, intimacy, See that? He will, he will talk to God. Not just about God. He will talk to God. And it's such a beautiful picture of the intimate relationship that we've been called to have with Him. He says, I will, I will speak to Him. I will say to the Lord, the one that I'm dwelling with, the one that I'm not just visiting, the one that I'm frequently engaging, talks about relationship. And notice, that as I dwell and abide in him, my issues are not mentioned first. We see it. The psalmist says, I will say to the Lord, not these are my needs, Lord. He says, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So he speaks of an intimate experience that he is having with his God. He's saying, I come into this place. And as I come into this place, I speak to my God and I say, my God, you are this to me. You've become so real. My refuge and my fortress. I don't want to be anywhere else but with you. And I do think that we are challenged to be able to approach God in such a way that we do not come to Him with our, our list, our grocery list, our shopping list, our, our list of needs and, and our wants. We, we come to Him with an expression, expression in our hearts of who He is and how much we appreciate Him. We declare our confidence in Him because we've been with Him and we are with Him and we are aware of who He is. He is my refuge and He is my fortress. I'm not talking about somebody else where they have gone there and said, God is their refuge and that's great. But what is He to you? What is He to me? I cannot have a second-hand relationship with God. 
And please, that's why I said to you in the beginning, your relationship with God is not primarily dependent upon what we can produce in terms of these video productions or material that we can provide in the week. Your relationship with God is not dependent upon a Sunday gathering either. Your relationship with God is dependent upon your pursuit. You dwelling in His um, company, in His presence, in the shelter of the Most High. It's your responsibility. And you cannot live on somebody else's um, experience. And say, they said that God is their refuge. You've got to have your own conviction, my friend. And we want to encourage you towards that place. We don't know what the future looks like. We trust that we will again gather and meet each other in, in the ways that we have done. But imagine if we don't. How will your relationship with God grow? It is dependent upon this. You dwelling. You making Him your place of habitation, not visitation. That's where this incredible faith comes in. That I am with Him and therefore I see who He is and therefore I know what He is capable of. That's the conviction that you need to find. As you are with Him, you'll see who He is. You'll get to know Him through His Word, through His presence, and you'll become more aware of what He's capable of doing. And this experience changes the way I think, the way I pray. When we dwell with Him, our perspectives change. That life is not about us, but firstly about Him. Question I want to ask you today is Is God that close to you that you refer to Him as my God or just as a God? Won't He be so real to you as you pursue Him intimately that you will speak about my God and you? I trust. And you, I have faith. You are my refuge, my fortress. Verse B says, my God in whom I trust. He makes this incredible declaration. I will trust in you. And there's no better declaration that we, as people of God, in this beautiful country of Zimbabwe, and of citizens of the world can make than this one that says, my God, my personal God, whom I pursue, whom I've made the place of my habitation, I trust in you. I want to encourage you towards that declaration. I want to close by just giving you some practical tips about this dwelling place. As we say that visiting hours are cancelled, it ought to be a place of habitation. I want to just give you some practical tips and most of you may have heard of these before, but permit me just to share with you some of them. So if you want to be serious about dwelling with God and not just visiting Him, may I suggest the following. Point number one, dwelling equals making time with God. Simple. And I use the word making time for a reason, because we cannot find time. It's about making time. Whatever is important to you, you make time for it. We often have the excuse, I just can't find time to do this. I can't find to go and, and, and become fit and, and do this and whatever else and study. Whatever is important to you, sir, ma'am, young person, you will f make time for it. Make time. Don't look for time or try to find it. Make it alone. Practical. Isolate the best way you can. We know a lot about isolation at the moment. But I want to suggest to you that you isolate to be with God. 
Even if you can't find a room for yourself to be in. And it's not always possible for everybody. But then go for a walk. But make time to be alone with them, would you? Dwelling. Place of habitation. Make it a quiet place. <laughs> Find a place where you can silence the many voices around you. And it may not be a physical place. It may have to be something that you just, as I said, go for a walk. And just wake up earlier before everybody else do. But make it a time where you can be quiet. Make it regular. Place of habitation against place of visitation. We make it regular because we don't want to just visit him. We want to abide with him. We want to make our home with him. So therefore, dwelling, first point, make time with God. Dwelling, second point, is making our time with God about God. And often we make time to be with God, and, but we actually make time to be with God because we want Him to hear our petitions and our cries. I find that the psalmist here is saying, I just want to dwell. I just want to be. I just want God to to hear my heart. I just want God to be reaffirmed that He is the one that I fully love and serve. And so, make time with God about God. It's not firstly about ourselves. It's, it's about enjoying Him. It's about being with Him. Make much about your time with Him so that He deserves just whatever you have to share. It's amazing that the Lord's Prayer, by the way, if you use that as an example, is that we have the initial part of the, of, of the Lord's Prayer as Jesus taught us all about God, about bringing praise unto Him and, and hallowing His name and, 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 and expressing just unto God who He is. And then later on, He teaches us to pray for our daily bread. But isn't it often that we start with the daily bread instead of starting with the honor to God? And so therefore, make our time with God, about God, and not just about our needs and about our bread that we need. And make sure that your time with Him is to love Him. Write down your thoughts about Him. Write down your worship to Him. Write down letters and express yourself to God. Your time with God needs to be about God. Make sure that your time with Him is to stop and worship Him and not just rush in because you've got to tick the box. Hey, I've done it. I've spent my time with God. Make sure that your time with Him is about listening to Him. Your time with God needs to be about God, expressing worship and then listening to what He has to say. Use the word to hear His voice. Use a still, small voice within you to speak to you. Time with God about God. It should not be about me. Yes, we have needs and, and we are encouraged to bring that before the Lord. But primarily our time with God is about God. It's about Him, talking to Him. Sharing our thoughts with Him. Hearing His heart. Worshipping Him. Finally, I want to say that this dwelling place should be about making our time with God about others too. And again, there's, there could be such a selfish approach that we have when we, when, we, when we come into God's presence and enjoy time with Him, dwell with Him. We've got to make sure that our time with God is also about others. Jesus did this, and, and, and we see this incredible prayer in John 17 when he spent time with the Father, and he prays for his current disciples that he had, and he prayed for his future disciples that he has in you and me. So Jesus would come and be with the Father, 
and enjoy the Father to think about others. We need to do the same. We have friends that are far from God. In those times when we come and dwell, it'll be good to talk to God about them. At this current time and crisis that we find ourselves in, we have a lot of people in great need. It'll be good to, as we dwell with God, to consider others and, and pray for them. The world is in a mess. They need people who dwell with God, who make Him a place of habitation, a moment where we not just consider ourselves, but we consider others. I conclude that to say about if Jesus became a person or someone that, that we live in a relationship with and, and not just a person that we visit, the benefits are clear. And you read about it in verse 3 onward. It's beautiful. It closes in verse 16. It says, With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. A beautiful conclusion to this chapter about how we are blessed because we've chosen to dwell with him. I want to encourage you that visiting hours are cancelled from here on. <laughs> we shouldn't just visit him. We should engage him. We want to live the way. We've got to be practical. We've got to make time for God. We make time to hear about all sorts of facts and things floating around. But primarily, friends, I pray that we will make time for him. I want to pray for us that God will help us in that process. That in this time, and particularly should we be able to be at home because we can't go to school, we can't go to work or whatever it may be, isn't it perhaps a challenging thought to say, well, let's make sure that the time that we have at hand is used wisely. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the way in which you are speaking to us and luring our hearts closer to you. I thank you, Father, for every person watching this, that Holy Spirit, you will touch their hearts and call them closer to you. I pray, Father, for people that, that are watching that don't even know what I'm talking about. I pray that supernaturally, Lord God, you will connect them to people to help them to explain what it means to be in relationship with Jesus. But I pray, Lord God, that as your followers, that we will, at this time particularly, Lord God, be serious about dwelling with you, making you our place of habitation and not a place of visitation. That as we pursue you into the future, Jesus, that we will see this as, as a rhythm in our lives to be with you regularly. To be with you because of you. And to see the beautiful promises come forth in our lives as we see here in Psalm 91. But Lord, that we will live so that you will be honored, that you will be glorified. And I pray for a renewed passion in our hearts as your followers to be with you. Help us in this, I pray, Jesus. Help us to be faithful in following you, in dwelling with you, in abiding with you. I pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for joining us.